Hello and welcome to the Next Level Blockbuster Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm Aaron, back in the, back in the saddle again. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I woke up today and I, I did not, like, I woke up late for work and I... One of them days, huh? Yeah, and I know I'm stalling a little bit because I don't want to really talk about this next movie too much. <laughs> Just because, Me either. because I didn't. I, okay, I'm gonna start. And how dare you pick such a horrible thing, recovering <laughs> from surgery like I am? I made you watch this. Okay. Yes, I watched it while recovering. Thank you. Um, the movie we're gonna talk about is the 2017 Justice League movie. Now, I'm gonna start by saying I actually didn't hate this movie. I actually kind of like this, but there's a lot of issues we have with it partly due to the behind the scenes things that happened which this episode is going to be kind of a part one of part two we're going to kind of leave out like personal feelings aside if i can even as best we can at least and because i mean we're i we're not fans of joss whedon we're not fans of stuff that's been going on we're just going to leave it at that yeah joss whedon is basically from the allegations that have occurred Kind of a terrible person. Um, before all this came to light, and I didn't care for him before, I never cared for his style, I never cared for his films. No, I didn't necessarily mind some of his films and some of his television work. I wasn't the biggest fan of his, but I liked The Avengers. There's certain things... The even, Avengers were good. The, there's certain things even in this movie that I didn't mind, but there's a lot of things that Don't get did. me wrong, I, I liked it, but the thing is I had to... I started with Snyder League. Yes. And then went on to Justice So that's... Uh, to start off right now, too, this is kind of the first part of a two-part podcast, because our next episode is going to be discussing the HBO Max release of... Zack Snyder's Justice League. And we've kind of decided to do this episode to compare and contrast a little bit. And it's not going to be all negatives, but there's going to be a lot of negatives here. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But there's going to be some positive things we talked about. There were a few things I liked about it. So, despite our feelings towards Joss Whedon and his... Justice League, as they call it. All that to take, and they took Zack Snyder off, and they still ended up keeping his name on it. Yes, which I I thought was kind of odd, because Joss Whedon basically reshot it, most of it. And he disowned it. And still, I guess Zack Snyder, I don't know if Whedon didn't want... Zack Snyder ended up disowning it. Yeah, I don't know if Joss Whedon wanted his name to be credited as the director or if he saw how much of a train wreck it kind of was becoming i'm gonna start by and this is by saying in all fairness to joss whedon we're not the biggest fans of his but we're gonna go into this a little more in the other podcast but he came in essentially to take over for Zack snyder who was going through some horrible things in yes. his personal life at the time um there's more history behind it, but again, we'll save that. So Whedon came in and was essentially given almost an impossible task, to be fair. Yeah, remake the entire movie, but don't remake the entire movie. Yes, and he also had, what, like, a couple months to do it in. Which, 
is a daunting task for any filmmaker. Uh, most filmmakers, any filmmaker, would have walked away. And I think he should have, but I think... I will give Joss Whedon one thing. He's always been very ambitious. Yes, but I think sometimes that hubris is his downfall. Very much so. And this particular movie is an example of that. He's very ambitious, and sometimes it pays off in the case of the Avengers movie. But in the case of this movie, he was a little in over his head. Very much so. Um... Now, part of some of the allegations, even... We're not going to go into some of the past ones, because, you know, I don't know how much of it's true, even now, but... And we're not saying we don't believe it at all. We're just trying to keep out of it. It's just, we're talking about... We're talking about the movie. Yeah. But in this particular movie, just in this film, several allegations were placed on Joss Whedon. Not just Joss Whedon, but mainly him. Ray Fisher famously had issues uh, with weed. I believe there were some racial issues, too. Yes. Um, there were allegations that large chunks of his scenes were cut. And this is an allegation from Fisher that it was partly because of his race. And then when you see the Zack Snyder cut and you see how much of his scenes were There was an out, entire story he there. He was almost the main character of that film. You can't help but at least feel sorry for Ray Fisher because... He, that would have... Had the Zack Snyder Justice League made it to theaters like it was supposed to in 2017, I feel that uh, he would have Ray a, Fisher would have been a household name by now. He would have at least been on the same caliber as like uh, Denzel Washington's son, who was intended... I've, drawing a blank on his name, but he would at least be getting film offers comparably to that. Um, he he is he was phenomenal in, in, in the other Justice League. Yes. he. But moving forward around yeah. Justice League. But his scenes were cut drastically in the movie. And beyond even... And even his character, like, it was a total different personality. It was just, like, antisocial. But even beyond Fisher, you had Gal Gadot, who... Confirmed that Josh Whedon... That was Gal Gadot. You know, I thought that too, and then I heard it was Gadot. So I think it's Gadot. Okay. But Gal Gadot, Gadot, depending on how you pronounce it, um, there were rumors that he threatened her career, and she has stepped forward to say, yes, he threatened my career. He said that if I didn't do the things he wanted, that my my acting career was done. What Things were, were those like movie-related things. I assume so. I would hope so. I hope so. But judging from some of the past allegations he's had, I'm not quite sure. So, okay. So this is one thing that when you compare Zack Snyder's Justice League with Josh Whedon's Justice League, they essentially he refilmed a vast majority of the scenes. But essentially kept a lot of the structure the same, but in half the screen running time. The screen time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very... The entire tone of the movie was totally different as well. I mean... But one thing that I felt odd was that if you're essentially going to come in and reshoot the movie, you're going to have to pay to reshoot... I mean, you have to spend money anyway to reshoot it. Why not essentially make some of those scenes more your own? Like, 
mm-hmm. instead of doing the scene with Aquaman in the same location, maybe decide to spice it up, change things, some things up. Why essentially do the same movie but add jokes? Uh-huh. Which is kind of what he did. And some of them, in, in defense of the movie... And the movie did feel rushed. And some of the, in defense of the movie, some of the jokes were kind of humorous. Some of them missed the mark greatly. Yes. Uh, but there were, like, the flash scene in the prison where he doodled on the guy's face. I thought that was funny. That was that was funny and kind of cute in a way. Yeah, and so there were things that did work that he added, but... like the entire, And that was very silly and worked. But the entire, like, Russian family at the end that were tacked on, it didn't connect with the story that much? It didn't really connect, but it did in a sense that they were still trying to rescue people while this whole... But the thing is, it was it was supposed to be in like a nuclear meltdown site, like a la Chernobyl. Well, yeah, and I think he was trying to, to do it to show kind of how the everyman was affected by these vast superheroes and supervillains, you know, doing their thing on earth but it was one family and it was cartoonish that was their focus yeah so you didn't really connect with the family because it was just too over the top so i think that whedon's trying to have you connect with that family failed miserably yeah and it just kind of came off as a little cartoonish it did but it, it, it was a cute little scene. It was. I mean, the movie itself... Now, let's talk about an added scene. And I noticed it from the get-go in the beginning. We're going to look past the CGI'd out mustache. But the scene where it was cell phone footage... How do you feel about that? I liked it. So did I. It actually added a... a like, because we're, we're... You're still coming out of... Out of Batman vs. Superman, which was, you know, put out not much sooner than that film. And with Batman vs. Superman, uh, sorry guys, I know I'm yawning and I'm recording here. I'm I'm recovering from major surgery. I come back earlier than we planned because I miss doing this and it's my passion. So just bear with me and deal with it. I love you guys. (laughs) Alright, anyway. Um... I loved it. I felt it gave it a, a because we were we were coming out of Batman versus Superman where he had just died. It was a very dark and it was very emotional. Yeah, and having that, it's kind of like you know when you know after you know someone close to you dies, you uncover like a video you made with them or something. It's it's heartwarming. And I know the CGI was wonky on the mustache. It was distracting. But the scene itself... The scene itself was actually one of the better parts of the whole Justice League. Yeah, I... I actually enjoyed that, and I didn't... It wasn't my favorite, but I actually kind of liked the opening montage with uh, the music that was playing over. I think... I don't remember Yeah, I remember that. It wasn't bad. Everybody Knows, I think that was the title of the song. I don't remember. But I, I kind of like that. Um, so, like, the movie kind of started off with a promising start... I know some people have kind of made fun of some of the elements, like the cell phone footage, but... Have they? Yeah, because they poked fun at it, but I think it's mainly because of the mustache. It was, yeah, it was pretty distracting. 
Um, it was very awkward because he was filming another film at the time. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Where he had a glorious mustache. A contractually obligated mustache. Yeah, he, honestly, yeah. To anyone who doesn't know, he could not shave his mustache to do reshoots for Justice League, which was very complicating when another director has to come on and reshoot some of the scenes and he's got a mustache. Yeah, kind of creates now, continuity. Let's here. put a thing here. Let's put it aside here. In Hollywood, and we all know that I'm not the biggest fan of CGI, I'm more for practical effects. Um, but this is a, this is a case where we need CGI because a little plastic and a little, a little speckle is not going to cover it. Um, Here's the really kind of. It's easier to CGI out CGI in a mustache yes. than it is to CGI out a mustache. And here's the <laughs> shitty part. Paramount, uh, the Warner Brothers was willing to pay to CGI in the mustache for Mission Impossible, and it looked better. Yes, and because they can do it, like you said, easier. And they were willing to pay for all that because they said, "Look, it, it's easier to do than if we, we know it costs a little bit of money." Yeah. But let us and we're on a time constraint with Justice League. You have some time to work this out, and you got we'll pay for it. And or Paramount, even if you decide to put it on hiatus for like a yeah. few weeks while we re-film this, we'll pay you for your trouble. We're, we're sorry we have to do this. Paramount said no. Like, Warner Brothers did what was unheard of in going to a rival studio and saying, we're going to pay you to let us fix this. Yeah, but uh, Paramount legally could get by with it, so... Because they had that contractually obligated mustache, Mark yes, Hamill's... the famous orders. mustache. Yes, even your chef's kiss. I love the chef's kiss. I'm sorry. It's going to be a staple of this podcast. Right. <laughs> anyway. So, speaking of Superman in general, though, um, I actually felt that I like the Zack Snyder version of Superman, and we'll get into this in the second part, but I kind of preferred what Josh Whedon did with Superman in his version. Go on. Mustache aside... He just was a little more of like a comic accurate, a little more hopeful Superman, mm. and less dark. I thought you actually liked the dark Superman of the of you that know, universe. I do like the dark Superman, and I don't mind the, the Zack Snyder. I I like the Man of Steel movie quite a bit. It's just when you give me an option between. The Henry Cavill Superman, which I do enjoy. It's a different interpretation versus, like, the Christopher Reeve Superman, the Brandon Ralph Superman, those Well, those are kind of the same guy. Yeah. I do prefer the more hopeful Chris Reeve Superman. You like the Boy Scout. Yeah, I like the Big Blue Boy Scout, not the dark, somber Superman, you know that Zack Snyder presents. It's it's not that I hate it. It's just a different route he took. But I do prefer the the other the other route Whedon took with it. Okay. They're both decent. They're just interpretations where I didn't like what Whedon did with most of the characters over Zack Snyder's. And it's probably partially because Spoiler alert for both movies, not that it matters. Henry Cavill's Superman isn't in it a lot. No. So, in either version, there's not a Half drastic the movie, amount. Half the you don't have him. It's not a drastic amount that's altered, 
So it's really not saying much to say that I enjoy that version better. But if I have to give him any credit, that's one of the few credits I would give him. Okay. Can I can I bring in a scientific issue that I've had with yes. both, both of the fucking Justice Leagues? Yes. All right. Where we we know Superman died in Batman versus Superman. It was established in this. It wasn't like him going into a coma, like a la death of Superman, mm-hmm. or like a you know like a what is it the a kind of a trance state. Now he was fucking dead, like croaked. No, it was. His heart was gone. Okay, it was stabbed through by a big, big, big kryptonite knife that was uh, Doomsday's arm. Yeah. So, was it kryptonite? It wasn't. Or was the kryptonite that was next to him that weakened him? The kryptonite weakened him because it was what he used to kill Doomsday. Okay. So, if he got close to Doomsday, he was vulnerable. Yes. Because they were both... Kryptonian DNA they both had. Okay, so he was... And when he died, he was vulnerable. So basically his body was human, the cell structure, correct? I I don't know. They didn't really say in the movies. In the comic books, it doesn't change his cell structure to human. It just weakens his cell structure. It's sort of like... Okay, but I'm saying it's similar to humans on the level of... Yes, of their... Of its... um, Vulnerability. Tensile strength and, you know, vulnerability. Um, Yes. Okay, so essentially he's on the same, you know, level. All right. So we had a funeral, right? Yes. Closed casket, but we had a a funeral. Yes. Um, I'm assuming by the look of his body what little we saw. This is because I was very close to becoming a mortician. I know a little bit more about death and uh, mortuary science than most people. He was embalmed. That has never been stated in the movie. That has never really been stated in any movie, Jeff. I don't think that... If we're going by the logic of the movie, I don't think he would be embalmed because... How much time between Superman's was, death and Justice League? A year? Um, Two years? They never actually said. They gave the impression it was kind of right after, so... They never okay. said one way or another. Well, judging by how some things were fixed and, you know, whatever, I'm going to go with the year. Okay. Uh, there should be some mild decomposition, which that's not the issue. He He's still, his before embalming, his cells are still, you know, more human. The embalming makes them preserved, okay? It changes their... their... See, I, I don't think he actually was embalmed though okay because i'm just saying if he were embalmed it would make that whole process of turning him back I agree yeah. different because once something is it's preserved yeah. it's preserved it's changing the way it is well in the comic books and i assume it works even now i would say if his skin wasn't weakened he wouldn't have been able to be embalmed because it requires injections well in the comics and this working into a very nerdy tantrum right now but i would have it no other but, way um Kryptonians and their cell structures are different than humans, and kryptonite only alters it while they're being exposed to it. But once the kryptonite's removed, it reverts, even in death, back to Kryptonian uh, cell structure. And Kryptonians. Okay, age, so the embalming fluids might not have had the same effect in his Kryptonian well, cells. Well, he may not have even had embalming 
uh, fluid, and he may not have any uh, decomposition or anything from death, because Kryptonians, like, they've had comics where, because of his self-structure, he's lived basically to be the last man on Earth. Okay. Because he doesn't really age. But I do know that the, the what the, it was like a primordial ooze, right? That they put in, what is it? Oh, uh, what? It was from the ship. Yeah, like, I know. It's actually they ha- they it's it's amniotic fluid. Yeah, I and I don't exactly know because the, I I'm because of my hearing impairments when I was watching it, I noticed that it said amniotic fluid squishes. And I didn't exactly know the logic of a whole room filled with that in a ship. Yeah, <laughs> but that was actually a Zack Snyder choice. But, again, you think, okay, you have a set amount of time, some things you, obviously he had some issues with the film, because he changed them. You would think that you'd be like, okay, I'll completely change this. Right. Not, oh, I don't really like the scene, I'll add a fart joke. Right. Yeah. And that was one of my main issues with the movie, too. It was too jokey and too compact okay there were a lot of elements in character development that wasn't there and one can argue that maybe Zack Snyder's four hour runtime was bloated and that's that's a very fair argument well it still was the director's cut too but one can also argue at two hours for a big ensemble movie that's not enough time to really give any. No, it, it would have been. It would have final cut. Probably would end up being two to three hours. So the movie had an overinflated budget and ended up bombing. So my question is, do you think it deserved to bomb? And what was the, the Justice League? Do I feel like it should have bombed? Yes. Not necessarily, but it wasn't that great. Okay, and I have another question. You were looking at it from. And it's hard to now, even for me, but in the context of just Justice League, Justice League, without the Zack Snyder cut, would you have enjoyed the movie? Yeah. And I was the same way. I would have thought it was, you know, kind of bland. I didn't love the movie. That was the thing. It was kind of bland. Yeah. And it had that... I liked it. I did like it, but it also felt like there was a lot of potential that wasn't... Explored. Yes. And that there was so much more of the world that they could have done mm-hmm. with that they just kind of squandered. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Because, <laughs> again, we'll go into this more in part two, but there was a lot of things that Snyder included that Whedon took out that he should not have done. Especially when you see the the final product that Snyder delivered. Um, I got a question, too, because this is a big difference between the two. The musical score. Um, We'll elaborate on the Snyder cut in the second part, but how did you feel about Danny Elfman's score? And the Justice? Yes. I liked it. I I liked liked Danny Elfman, though. And I, I liked his... I actually... I, a lot of people complain, but I liked his little tributes to the original Bird yes. Batman and the original Donner Superman that musical was cool. cues. And there were people that complained about it, but I kind of like that. 
a lot of people complain about Danny Elfman. He's one of the ones that's like more prominent in Hollywood that also gets more shit. Yeah, but his scores can be kind of repetitive. I think yeah. that's why. I enjoy Elfman, but like what he's one of the most famous ones that uh, gets a lot of shit. Gets a lot of shit. Look John Williams doesn't look yeah. at the Men in Black score. It was great, but he got a lot of shit for it. But and he didn't really deserve it, but people said it was repetitive. In Men in Black? Yeah. Well, it was supposed to set a tone. Yeah, and I thought it achieved the tone. Very much so. The Men in Black were supposed to be badasses. Later episode. (laughs) And one last topic, and this is the last thing we're going to cover for the Justice League. And it's a big difference between this movie and the director's vision. What did you think of the color grading and the brightening up of the colors? Oh, how they were brightened up for the Joss Whedons? Yes. Um, didn't care for it. I liked the the tone of the other one better with the, you know, you know toned down. More mute. The problem is, I think it works decently with some costumes. Like, it brings out... Some, bring, some of the colors that they brought on some of the costumes work decently. But some of them, like the Batman costume... Made it, it's better in a muted tone. Yes, where like Wonder Woman was at, Superman's or the Flash, okay. yeah, they actually don't look as they're bad. more colorful. Yeah, but you bring out the color in like Batman's outfit, it starts getting a little like now, a comic book. Yeah, it works well for Aquaman too. Yeah, those gold colors. But it doesn't. It, it's kind of hit or miss. Where it's just a general muted tone. Maybe it doesn't bring out the colors in the Flash's outfit or Wonder Woman's outfit, but it also doesn't look as bad for some of the costumes that it kind of brings out right. the colors in. But that's going to be, I think, the end of our ju- uh, Justice League from 2017. Justice League. Sir. Justice League. I just um, like saying Justice League. And we're going to talk about this movie again a little bit in the second part. This is part, part so. one of part two. Yeah. Or part one of two. It's just the review of this movie, So, but it's a, a companion piece to our next review. Alright, so. so stay tuned for part two. Always glad to see you. Glad to be back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Aaron. I'm Jeff. Have a good night. Thank you. See you in part two.